0: Tim Genova. Now, I believe he's on a golf course, so he's been very generous to spare a few minutes with us. Hopefully, he's hitting them pretty well. G'day, Tim? Uh, No,
1: I've I've come off the golf course. Yeah,
0: so um, don't ask. Oh, okay. That bad, mate. Oh, no. (laughs) That bad. No. No.
1: Well, they don't call me Sir Donald Bradman on the golf course for no (laughs) reason. I can make 100 every time I walk out there.
0: Certainly, there's there's one shot that will bring you back next time
1: last hole unbelievably and uh, that was the end of what was a very tragic morning so uh, yes it's one of those things you have to have a short memory with golf you've got to uh, quickly move on because, You get the itch. Uh, yeah, can drag you down
0: you get the itch very quickly to go back uh, that's an aside though Tim <laughs> thanks for joining us this morning Port Adelaide a great win first up uh, over Brisbane it was basically level at half time and I really powered away pardon the expression after that there was a lot to like about Port Adelaide first up
1: Terrific, really, because we, we didn't see it in Perth. You know, we came over there for nine days and played both the Eagles and Frio, and it really wasn't uh, what we were expecting. So the, the, the lack of intensity, the, the lack of quick ball movement, and you just sort of thought, well, wow, how, how's this going to go? So in contrast, we saw the Adelaide Crows play really well, and I still think that they're improving quite well. I had a really tough one over in Western Sydney, but... I thought Port Adelaide, they opened up well. Probably didn't have enough on the scoreboard in the first quarter, but they opened up really well, and you could see the intent. By half-time, it looked like this Brisbane side who everybody's expecting to do well was back in the game, in control. After that, it was a complete whitewash, and Scott Lysett really lifted. He was fantastic in the ruck, but then this very young midfield, the excitement of Horn, Francis and Rosie and Butters and the wingman of Bergman and... Dersma just started to dominate and they, they actually tore really good um, Brisbane midfield apart.
0: It brings good energy with youth in the midfield too and they're all probably bring something different, don't they, Tim? They've all got you know, Horn Francis with you know, Patty Dangerfield like burst power, yeah. Connor Rosie can run long, so they all bring something different which I think overpowered the Brisbane midfield in the end.
1: The thing was there was a lot of talk pre game, you know, Lockie Neal has got a lot of Possessions against Port in the past, do you tag him. They they tried it a couple of times, hasn't worked. And this time they said, look, no, we're, we're actually going to try and um, just make sure that, we, like any stoppage, you make sure that you, you look after your opponent. But after that, we're not we're not going to tag him. And at times, the match up at stoppage was Rosie v. Neal. And what I kept witnessing was Rosie too quick and agile would get there first. And then in his sideways steps, he just moves through people like a checkerboard and off he goes. So it was actually worked for Port not not tagging in the end because it allowed that youth to come through. And you're right, Butters is like a tiny little battering ram. You've got Horn Francis who powers away, and you've got Rosie who's got those side steps. And then you're allowed to bring in, you know, a Brownlow medalist, an Ollie Wine, or a Willem Drew to do that hard work. So it really has been a good combo, and they're going to probably have their moments uh, throughout the season but I've got a, another really good test this week against uh, a really good side in Collingham.
0: We'll get to that in a moment Tim. You mentioned Scott Lysett and lifting in the ruck and he missed a large chunk of last year and to have Charlie Dixon fully fit for round one, he didn't arrive until round 11 last year due to an interrupted start to his season. Crucial those two big men uh, in key positions, ruck and full forward, to have them available round one.
1: And because Scotty was able to lift so much and Give the guys uh, first look. It allowed us a quick entry into 50, and against Frio the week before, we had one mark inside 50 up to three-quarter time. So you know that you know you're not going well when that's happening. Port Adelaide had a total of 24 marks inside 50. So you know that that's fast ball movement. It's getting out to to forwards that are leading and and coming up at you, and all of them contributed. So. Charlie had a good day. Probably if he kicked straighter, he probably could have had a real big bag. Um, Todd Marshall was really developing into a very consistent forward. He he had uh, four goals. And you you sort of go, now now they're starting to look, the the small forwards of Rioli and Fantasia going through there as well. Anything that falls down, uh, it's quickly snapped up by one of those.
0: They've got some potency up front. There's no doubt about that, particularly in their key areas. Does Finlayson come back in, or do they um, go with an unchanged lineup?
1: Yeah, he played last week um, in the in the and, and did okay. But um, I, I'm I think they want him back in. It, it's always hard when you've had a really good win and everybody sort of played well. You look in the team and you go, "Well, who's stiff to get dropped?" Um, so, but Mackenzie comes out of the lineup because he did his ankle now. That may be an opportunity to bring Finlayson back in, who has played in defence before, and there might be some sort of a rotation they can work out with uh, Jeremy in the side. So I, I reckon he does come back in, and there's a, there's a bloke that uh, you may have heard of, Travis Boat, that's yes. perhaps going to return as well. So that 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 makes a real headache for the for the uh, selection committee because now it's like okay, so uh, who comes out of that midfield mix to to allow Boat to go back in?
0: Yeah, I think Young Travis has a bright future at Port Adelaide. He might play a few more games. I would have
1: <laughs> he's still playing pretty well. The
0: uh, the veteran. He's in his mid. Oh, he's almost in his mid thirties now, but uh, showing no signs of slowing down. Even though he's missed round one,
1: it was just that uh, nasty knock he got uh, against uh, West Coast that kept him out. But uh, I reckon he might just about be ready to go. So super fit. Um, can you believe he ran a PB this year? <laughs> you know, he's thirty three going on thirty four. It's quite staggering. So, yeah, he's a, he's, a,
0: he's, he's a an pro. amazing marvel. He's a pro. Uh, Collingwood, as you mentioned, MCG, there's probably not going to be too many tougher tasks than that in the AFL this year if, if round one is anything to go by. Because Collingwood last year were brilliant and they've started this year particularly well. Well,
1: as to what would happen with them. You, you know, you can't sort of have eight games where you win by less than a goal and you go, OK, that's a lot of, there's a lot of things going your way. Can that happen again? I was curious to see how they would uh, front up and uh, that they were, if possible, they're probably more exciting. It was almost like they really now believe that they are this top four side. So the way they moved it, how quick they are, um, how selfless they are, uh, is really impressive. So I I think they're um, they're definitely going to be one of the teams to beat. And Port Adelaide can really front up to the MCG and say, well, you know what, this is not going to be one of the best teams let's see if we can do it and we can beat this mob we're we're genuinely going to be um part of the mix this year
0: tim Geneva's with us uh, champion of the port adelaide magpies in the sanfl and uh, media personality there on five double a in adelaide uh, tim i know there's always a lot of talk when when port plays collingwood about the the jumper the prison bar jumper and you won't be wearing it in this game but has it come a time for this to be sorted once and for all? Because we seem to have the conversation every year around Port Adelaide wearing that iconic jumper and Collingwood putting up the, the roadblocks.
1: Yeah, you know, it sort of felt like when it got announced again the other day that feel felt like, you know an AFL-listed player that sort of is now over 30 and you just get a one-year contract? <laughs> it's like that. It's every time we talk about this. It's like, well, here's the one-year deal, and you know we'll talk about it later. And I feel like we should just put this to bed and say, right. But it's a major step because I feel for Jeff Brown, who took over after Eddie Maguire. I can imagine he's got you know, a fair few constituents to play to. Um, my understanding is he was involved with a lot of the uh, licensing agreements that the AFL have over each and every club, because as we know, they own our our, our names, our colours, you know, so he, he was involved in a fair bit of that. So I think he's across that stuff in a, in a professional manner, and I'm pretty sure that he, as long as it's not worn against Collingwood, I, I think he's pretty happy with that, but it's just a matter of working through this and hopefully getting to a stage where we're allowed to wear it, but, uh, that home showdown.
0: It's a great jumper. It'd be great to see a little bit more in the AFL and recognising the history of the Magpies uh, linked up now with the power in the AFL. Uh, Tim, in closing, Port Adelaide, great first up win, a lot of pressure on Ken Hinckley. What's your expectation on Port this year? And, and you hear a lot of uh, discussion over there on 5AA in Adelaide. Where do you have Port Adelaide this year?
1: Yeah, finals is a minimum. Uh, I think the list is good enough. Um, Ken said that himself, that he, he believes this is one of the best lists he's had since he's been there. So I think that Finals is an absolute minimum. You pursue the top four with, with great gusto because you want to make sure that... And, and it was one of the things that, I suppose, when I played at Port Adelaide was instilled in us, is our task is to win enough games to give ourselves a double chance to make sure that we're a chance of winning the flag. And that was always the plan. So that, there's the three steps. Win enough games in the minor round, make sure you got the double chance, and then... Um, commit your assault on the flag. So, in saying that, your first thing is to win enough games, pursue the top four, so you get the double chance, and then plan your assault on the flag. So that's the that's the three step process that I think um, Port should be looking at this year. And it got off to a cracking start with Ken. Him and the club have said, look, neither of us is going to talk about it. it took you know, basically the season's end and and take it from there. I heard Nathan Buckley say, you know, sometimes it's a coach has got to make his own mind up too, whether he wants to continue. So that'll that'll be decided. Then I, I think if they can take the heat out of the room by playing good footy and winning, that'll just lead that conversation to when they want to have it.
0: It's a better start than last year already. Safe to say, 0-5 yeah. and for oh, Adelaide oh. last year, <laughs> so one for one this year.
1: Yeah, you're dead right. We're already 100% in front. Well, <laughs> we wish the
0: power well in 2023. Tim, thanks for joining us this morning. Better luck next time on the golf course as well. Yeah. Tim Jennifer with us this morning here on Sport FM.